You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. We're talking about how to reduce your sugar. I've got Recovered Life contributor and wellness coach, Kula Rains. How you doing? Hi, doing really great. This is a such an important topic, so I'm happy to chat on this one. I was looking forward to this uh, for several days, Kula, because we get a lot of comments in The Recovered Life about nutrition. You are a wellness expert. This is what you do. So yeah. I'm so thrilled to have you on to talk about this. Such an important topic. You know, there's all of these studies that are happening about sugar. You know, it's used a lot. Look, it's used a lot in the recovery community. I mean, 12 step groups are built around a coffee pot and donuts. Donuts, oh, nice. yeah. So, right. Like, so anyone that's listening to this, that's in recovery, obviously is going to have some sort of experience with sugar, whether they're eating it now or they've been, you know, kind of indoctrinated into it through the recovery process. Why is sugar such not, not such a great idea? Yeah. So I, if we over consume and we're not using that data because food is data, all food is data. Sugar is its own data uh, input for our body. If we're putting all of that in and we're not using it, it's going to be stored. And unfortunately, it's not going to be stored as lean mass on your body. It's going to be stored as adipose tissue, which could be fat around your organs. It could be extra fat on the body. And this is not to demonize fat in general or sugar in general, but if you are putting in data into your system that you are not then using, it's going to stick around. And with sugar, it's not adding any beneficial, it's not, it's not bringing benefits to your body. It's putting you in a place where you have more fat on your body, less muscle on your body. And we want to move to a place where we're having more of a balance. It also yeah. could you in a space where you're continuing to have cravings for your substance because ultimately your body is seeing the sugar coming in and it's getting the signal to release dopamine and if we're not mindful then we end up craving craving either craving sugar or craving the substance and we have this coming in in an abundance now we're back into that cycle of craving and urges and craving and urges and it might not be the substance anymore that you were using, but it's this new substance that's not necessarily benefiting us. I do want to be clear. Sugar is not bad, right? All food is good. Food is good. Having access to food is good, but sugar is not increasing your health. It is enjoyable. And maybe you have a great night out with friends and have some great dessert. And that whole experience is what's beneficial to you. But we do need to be mindful of how much we're taking in, stay within a, a certain limit, and then also make sure that we're using it and we're we're putting the data in and then we're using that data. We're not at home, you know, eating bonbons and sitting on the couch and watching TV. We're getting up and using that data that's coming into our system. Yeah. So folks in recovery, yeah. especially we we get to be mindful about our intake to benefit our brain health, our gut health, our energy levels, and also to help manage our cravings. And it's also thinking too, right? We know that sugar, at least I'll just talk from my experience. You know, yeah. I was somebody who was addicted to sugar long before I was ever addicted to alcohol, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. sugar does something to, to me, right? Yeah. And sometimes it will, depending on the amount that I eat, 
it could satiate me, right? And I, I think in early recovery too, it's used a ton. So we're yeah. not telling anybody who's using sugar to fight cravings or anything to stop. Obviously right. everything in moderation, if you can do that. Yeah. Um, but it does change the way your thinking patterns and your judgment too, right? In, in recovery, it it changes the way you think about things. Well, the, it's, it comes back to the dopamine release, right? Our body is looking for that chemical release. And so when we take the substance away and immediately replace it, or if you came in already using sugar as a coping mechanism, because it gave you that little sense of, uh, that exhale, uh, that tasted delicious. And your brain is flooding you with dopamine. If you already started that pattern and then you added a substance to that, when you take the substance out, now your brain is asking for even more dopamine, right? And then we get into this cycle where we need this high level of dopamine. And the only way we can fix that or meet that is by adding in more, more, more. And that, you know, you probably heard that we have this disease of more and that just that concept of never having enough. The same thing can happen with all types of food, but our brain is telling us it's sending that signal because it, it it's looking for that dopamine source, have some candy, you know, have some licorice, have a piece of, have some ice cream, have a piece of pie, have some cake. And that cycle keeps increasing if we do not take a look at what we're consuming and we don't use some of the tips I'm going to share to balance out that sugar consumption. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Really great setup here because I think a lot of people will understand that it's not working for them. It's not causing, it's, it's not their optimal life, right? But they've gone into recovery. They've maybe used it to kind of help assuade cravings a little right. bit. But now they're at a point, and I know I was in my life several times, Kiel, in recovery. Look, I've been sober for decades, and there's been several times in my life where I'm like, this does not work for me. I'm mm -hmm. finally in a place where I'm primarily off all kind of sugar yeah. for, for health reasons, right? Because you have you have hypoglycemia, you have diabetes, you have all this other stuff. So if people are listening to this, and yeah. guys, share this with friends, because Kiel is going to drop some bombs here about how to actually do this, because... I have to be honest with you, Kula. When I first started this journey, I did it wrong. I just <laughs> did it incorrectly. How do you do this? If somebody's listening to this and they're like, okay, this is me. I'm in recovery. I'm stable. Sugar's not working for me. Yeah. Well, what do I do? What do what I do? I what do? are the steps? Yeah. First, I do have to comment on and say, Damon, you mean you didn't get it right the first time? You didn't come I into did not. recovery and just bam, you figured it, it took you a few tries. Wow. It right. did. It did more than a few. Yeah. That is how this journey works. I think that's how anything that you're going to master works. You have, there's some failure, some failure, some failure, then there's some mastery. So when it comes to changing your sugar, your relationship with sugar, decreasing your intake, being more mindful of your intake, the first thing you need to do is start tracking. So give me three days. I'll take three days of you jotting down how much sugar you're having each day. So that means when you have the apple, you look it up, how many grams of sugar. When you have the bag of peanut M&Ms, you look on the back, you write it down. When you have the soda or the juice or the even the smoothie, whatever it is, start tracking, write that down so we can have a baseline. We can't reduce something if we don't know what level it's at in the beginning, right? We need to know where you are to be able to reduce or change the relationship. So if you notice after three days 
that you're taking in about 150 to 200 grams of sugar per day, now we can set a realistic decrease. We can set a, a number. Let's cut that down by 50 grams per day. And then let's cut that down by another 10 or 15 grams and get you to a place where you're decreasing your risk of all of the things that can happen when you're over-consuming sugar, brain health, gut health, energy level, de increasing cravings. We want to move away from those things. And the only way we can start decreasing is if we know how much you're taking in. So that's step one. Be open to either journaling, using some kind of an app, some kind of a way to measure what you're taking in right now. So here's what you're going to look for on the label. You're flipping over nutrition or supplement label and you're looking under carbohydrates. That's where you're going to find the grams of sugar in whatever it is that you're eating. So look under carbs and you'll see added sugar. And that's the number that we want to start taking note of. If you have something like a produce item, so all of your fruit that might not be in a package with a label on it, you can go online, Google grams of sugar in an apple. And we just want to have some kind of a number so we can start using, uh, uh, um, decreasing your intake over time. I love that. Now, when you're talking about carbs, this was something that was shocking to me. Yeah. I would flip it over and I would look at sugar. Well, first, I didn't look at it at all. Let's be honest. Right. <laughs> I just eat it because it ta this tastes good. I want more of this, right? You're talking about the disease of more. Right? I want more of this. But when I first started to kind of look at things, I was looking at sugar. I didn't understand that carbs actually translate into that. Like that, that for me was kind of shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Carbohydrates, it's a lot more than bread, right? I think that's what we think. Pasta, bread, rice, carbohydrates include your sugar, your starches. Technically, all of your vegetables are technically a carbohydrate, much higher in fiber um, than they are in sugar. But then if you look at fruit, bananas and apples and all of those things, also carbohydrates, most of their carbohydrates are coming from sugar and then they do have a bit of fiber. So that's why we need to make peace with, and then learn to understand these macronutrients. Flip over that label. The nutrition label is there to educate you and inform you. And I do want to give this disclaimer. There's not a single nutrition label out there that is 100% accurate. So we do know that, but at least we have a guide and we have so, you know an understanding of what's going to be in what we're eating. Learn to read that label and look for that, especially look for that added sugar and start to track that. And then we have a place to uh, build your, your decreasing or we have a place to build this program, a gradual, I'm not going to tell you cut everything out today. That's not how my coaching style works, but we first need to know what you're taking in so we can go from there. I like that. So you're starting to track, you're moving to these more nutrient dense foods, right? Yeah. Like so that stuff. is, you know, talk about that a little bit, because I think that's a little bit of a mystery for people because maybe they'll go to foods that are really super processed right. and that's giving them the exact same kind of sugar kind <laughs> of hit. Yeah, it's giving you the same thing and maybe not any nutrients. So the second thing after tracking, I would encourage you to do is start making these mindful swaps. So when the craving hits, because it's going to hit, especially in that early part of sobriety, when that craving hits, I encourage people to fill up your, your fridge, fill up your, your car, your um, mini ice chest with fruit. That's going to be your best source for sugar. Why? Fruit, if you're going to be having sugar and the craving is hitting, 
here's what you're going to get from an apple that you're not going to get from Skittles. So from an apple, you're getting micronutrients, you're getting vitamins, you're getting minerals, you're getting fiber, right? We know that that apple is delivering some nutrition to our body. And I'm also going to get that hit depending on how, you know, the serving size is maybe 15, 10 or 15 grams of sugar. So I am going to get that natural fructose. It's going to hit the, the craving, you know, the mouth is going to water. You're getting that delicious sweetness in, but I'm also getting in something much more important, which is the vitamins, the minerals, and the fiber, the bag of Skittles. It's going to give you some dye, you know, the different colors in that, in that it's going to give you straight sucrose, and it's going to spike your blood sugar because there's no presence of fiber in that. So let's start making mindful switches over to more nutrient dense options rather than always choosing the candy or the desserts. Now, again, I'm not telling you that you can never have a piece of pie. You can never have, you know, grandma's apple pie. You can have that. But what you need to know first is how much sugar is in this? And you learn that from the tracking piece. And then we know I'm having that for dinner. So instead of having the ca- the frappuccino in the morning, and instead of having the donut, I'll hold off on those. I'll have a piece of fruit. I'll have a banana. And then tonight, when we go to the family dinner, that's when I'll have that more decadent dessert. Love that. Love that. You know, I think, Kiola, one of the things that was confusing with me with sugar was people in recovery tend to have an all or nothing especially if, you know, they've gotten so right. It's the all or nothing. It's like, uh, Hey, it would be really great if you exercise. No, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the gym four times. A day. Now I'm going to own a gym. Now I'm going to write like we <laughs> we're obsessive people in general. Right. And this whole idea of all or nothing with sugar, uh, mm-hmm. like be like for alcohol, for me and for you, like, I can't just take a drink of alcohol and then choose to take a drink of alcohol next month at a party. No. Right. But for sugar, I have learned in a way, even though I might have cravings for sugar, mm-hmm. it, it it's not the same. It's not an all or nothing for me personally, right? Can you talk about that a little bit? Because this idea of prioritizing, like, hey, I can have this now and, you know, put this off that you maybe don't have to go cold turkey. Because I think that's what, that's what worried me. It's like, I'm never going to have a piece of birthday cake again, ever. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that at all. So it comes down to the mindfulness piece, right? This, this substance this naturally occurring substance is not all bad, right? There wouldn't be apple trees and banana trees growing if this was something that was all bad for us. What we need to do is decide how much we want to consume in the day and stay within a, a healthy range depending on your goals and depending on your body around 25, maybe 40 grams on a higher end. And when we're consuming that, we decide where it's coming from. The reason I encourage that you prioritize other macronutrients, your protein, and you uh, prioritize fiber is because if you fill up on those at the top of your day, you give yourself the chance to decrease the craving because you are, your blood sugar is balanced. Your mood is balanced. You, you feel satisfied. And a lot of times that craving for whatever it might be, sugar or the substance, it's creeping in because we're starting to feel a little uncomfortable and who wants to feel uncomfortable? Nobody. We want to feel good. So when you prioritize protein and you prioritize fiber, 
Now your mood is balanced and your blood sugar is balanced and you're feeling even keeled. You will not have those cravings for sugar or substances. So we, we do get to choose what we're having and we get to be in a place where you're in the driver's seat when you are more aware and more educated of what's in, in whatever food item. This is why I encourage the tracking and the logging. And you don't have to track and log for the rest of your life, but it's really uh, an educational tool. It puts the power in your hand when you know, tonight I'm going out for dinner and I'm going to have that slice of cheesecake. And I know that it's got 35 grams of sugar in it. So no, I'm not having these other things during the day because I want to enjoy that. And I also want to be healthy. I also want to you know, li live long and I don't want to have these up and down mood swings. So I'm going to make the decision to wait and have something later than have something right now in the middle of the day when this craving is hitting. It, yeah, it's not I love that. easy, but this is something we get to learn how to do. It doesn't just immediately cut, cut everything out. Um, it's kind of like a, along the, the harm reduction mindset where some people are cutting back or moderating slowly, but surely getting to abstaining or having a healthy relationship with something. You can do the same thing with your relationship and consumption of sugar. Yeah. I love this, this idea of balance, right? That we learn yeah. in recovery. It is something that can be applied to sugar and to food. And that's what, you know, that's what I'm fighting, you know, even being fairly sugar-free you know, yeah. uh, being able to actually plan something, Hey, yeah, I'm going to go to that big event and I'm going to have that. And it's going to be absolutely fine. Um, yeah. I have found that the taste of it is not what I thought it would be. Right. Like it, it's actually not as enjoyable as it used to be. I find it too much now. It's, yeah. it's interesting because there's a big lifestyle change that goes along with that. These are really, really, really great tips. Keola, uh, final thoughts here for anybody that's out here thinking about this. And, uh, you know, I always say it's interesting. Like, I know my journey with sugar, and I've talked with you about this, is that I found that, like, you know, people are using Ozempic now. Yeah. There's all these stories about this weight lossing. It's like the key. They don't really want to do the work. So a lot of people, not everybody, but some people don't want to do it. They want to take Ozempic and it work. And I found the exact same thing kind of with emotional sobriety sometimes is yeah. like, I didn't really want to deal. So I just ate sugar to right. kind of escape a little bit until that no longer worked for me. Right. And then I had to actually deal with what was actually going on. Final thoughts here for people that might be a little, might be a little freaked out about this. They've given up so much. Right. Right. They've given up <laughs> alcohol, drugs, or lifestyle. They have to show up and bet like, you know, what's your final thoughts here with this? Is this a doable thing if people really want to get off sugar or at least yeah. balance it? Yeah, it's definitely doable. And my coaching style is not to come in and take anything else away from you, right? We took your warm, fuzzy coping mechanism away. And I'm not going to come in and say, now give me your Diet Coke and give me your gummy worms or whatever your thing was in early sobriety. My thing was licorice and, and sour candies. I'm not going to take that away from you, but what I'm going to ask you to do is be informed and be aware of what you're putting into your body. That's the first thing. And then let's create something that's realistic for you. Let's customize something for you. So you can have that moment that Calgon take me away moment. You can have that exhale and you can have long-term sobriety and you can have a balanced mood and you can have a even keel because if we don't do that 
we get, we're, we're in a, a cycle. We get stuck in that same cycle that you can't make it through the day unless you have this thing. And that's what we want to move from. We want to move to a place where you can make it through your day, whether you have access to a certain substance or not, you can make it through your day. And that's my, my goal for you is to know that I'm not going to take away every good thing that you have. But you deserve to know what you're putting into your body. And you also deserve to know that you can have a healthy and happy relationship with any type of food and specifically with sugar. I love that. I absolutely love that. We're going to put a link on how you can get a hold of Keola because you might need somebody to work with, you know, to come up with what you can eat, what you should do, a plan. We're going to put that link there. Keola, thank you so much for coming out and educating us today about uh, about sugar and about that there is a possibility about weaning yourself off of this and having a better relationship with sugar. Thanks so much, Kiola. Sometimes addiction recovery can be a lonely battle, but you don't have to fight it alone. At Recovered Life, we're dedicated to helping you live your best recovered life. And that's why we're inviting you to subscribe to our free weekly newsletter. Every week, we carefully curate exclusive content from leading minds in addiction recovery, mental health, and all things important to the recovery lifestyle. Stay in the know with the latest news about addiction and get exclusive invitations to specially recovery-focused events and explore insights tailored to support recovery from alcoholism, drug addiction, codependency, disordered eating, dysfunctional family dynamics, gambling, and so much more. With our newsletter, each week becomes an opportunity for growth, healing, and taking a step closer to the life you deserve. Take your first step towards a brighter future today. Go to recoveredlife.us and subscribe for free. Sign up now at recoveredlife.us.